for some baby dedications. And I just want to share with you for a few minutes on the subject of the dedication of children. The first that we ever read about the dedication of children is way back in the Old Testament, in the book of 1 Samuel. Now Samuel was the famous prophet who anointed Saul to become king over Israel, their very first king. Of course, God uh, warned Israel that if you have a king, he'll tax you. That's why we're taxed up to our eyeballs today, because we've actually got a lot of kings that we have to support down there in Canberra and in other places. But there's a story in 1 Samuel of Elkanah and his family. And his wife, of course, was Hannah. And she was unable to have a child. And that upset her. And her husband found her crying one day. And this is what he said. Husbands, you're going to love this. Well, I'm not sure. Maybe wives are going to love this more. But this is what he says to his wife. Why are you crying, Hannah? Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? So, women, if you wonder why the blokes are not very sensitive, that's where it started. That's where it started. Aren't I better than ten sons? Aren't I better than a car that goes? <laughs> so let me read on in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1. I'm just beginning from verse 9. I won't read it all because it's too long. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime, and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. See what we're like? Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think that I'm a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of the great anguish and sorrow of my heart. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May, God, may the God of peace grant the request you have asked of him. I oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. A few more verses down, it says, When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bullet for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bullet, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I'm the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. 
I asked the Lord to give me the, this boy, and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshipped the Lord there. So that's the story of Hannah. She was so grateful that God answered her prayer for a child that she actually dedicated him to the Lord for the whole of his life. If we fast forward many centuries to the time of Jesus, his parents also dedicated him. And uh, there are lots and lots of rituals that had to be fulfilled by Jewish parents. And when they had fulfilled all of those rituals, all of the requirements of the law, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. And this is really important. There, the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favour was upon him. And in the book of Luke in chapter 2, there are recorded some prophetic words over the life of Jesus. I'll just read what Simeon said. This is what Simeon said. He was a man who had been promised that he would see the saviour of the world before he died. Simeon says, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He, that is Jesus, is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed him, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is, des is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. That was a prophecy about his life on earth and his death on the cross. So there we have it. The very first record in the Bible of parents offering a child to God for the entirety of their life. And that was a practice that was continued right up at least until Jesus' time. And in many churches today, we practice this ceremony. It's not something that a child or parents must do, but it's a way in which we can acknowledge them and we can acknowledge their child and pray God's blessing over that child for the entirety of their life. So that's what we we're going to do today. I just want to show you the promises that the parents are going to be asked so you're aware of where we go to next. The first is our parents have a job description which we can find in Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 to 9. And uh, they are exhorted there to love God, to pursue personal relationship with him and to build their lives around his word. Parents are charged by God to teach their children to love him and provide spiritual and moral training according to God's words. So shortly we're going to ask parents of both of the babies being dedicated a series of questions. Do you commit yourselves to the Christian nurture of your child? Do you commit yourselves to pray that the Lord will bless and prosper your child? Do you commit yourselves to give your child every possible benefit of home, school and church? Do you commit yourselves to do all you can 
to direct your child toward a personal relationship with Jesus as their Saviour and their Lord. So those are the questions that are going to be put to the parents. We will invite grandparents to participate as well and families. And in Joey's case, we have godparents too. And we will ask them to commit to support the parents as they raise their children. But right now, we actually have a little item to 